0: Ima,
1: Hey guys, how y'all doing tonight? Welcome back to the Fan Holes Podcast. We're doing another round of Toku Thursdays tonight, but we're not just doing any Toku Thursday. No, we're doing a really special episode on the Wizard and Gaim team-up movie. It's called The Great Sengoku Battle. But but wait, we're not just doing a team-up movie, we're doing a team-up show. That's right, we have a very special guest tonight. We have Derek here with us, as usual, I am Tony. And also, would you introduce yourself, sir, from the Earth Dis- uh, Directive Destruction Podcast?
2: Hi, <laughs> uh, this is Luke Jackanetti from Earth Destruction Directive over on Two True Freaks, and I am here today to say it's showtime, please, because I'm representing Common Rider Wizard on this call tonight.
1: Driver off,
0: please. Shabana without her gene Shabana without her gene Shabana without her gene for real three hee 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 How
2: you doing guys?
3: <laughs> awesome. Hey, what's up Luke?
2: Doing good, doing good, fellas. Always up to discuss some common rider. Been listening to you guys talk about common rider Gaim, and I am super excited to talk about Gaim Wizard tonight because this was a lot of fun.
3: Yeah, I know. I know what we figured was we've been doing so much stuff on Gaim, and then when we were trying to figure out the placement of this movie, I think I think in the last episode we got confused. Like I, I had said, I had thought it took place between episode ten and eleven, even though ten and eleven was a two-parter. But I guess technically this film takes place between episodes nine and. 10 ten. So it, it kinda does fit in the continuity or whatever. And then also we realized we're like, hey, I, I was like to Tony, I was like, hey, have you have you seen any episodes of Common Rider Wizard? And then he's like, no. And I'm like I haven't seen any episodes of Common Rider Wizard. So I was like, you know what? I got to call up Luke cuz I know he loves Common Rider Wizard. So I'm like in, in case we know absolutely nothing about Common Rider Wizard, we figured it'd be cool to have somebody on the show who has some mad love and and is an expert in in all things Common Rider Wizard. So we're we're definitely thrilled and happy to have you on the show.
2: Hey, I'm, and I'm always I'm always glad to guest star over on the fan halls you guys do a great job. I love listening to Tokyo Thursdays, especially, and like I said, I've been loving the coverage of Common Rider Guy, so I'm all, all about it tonight.
1: Cool. Thanks, man. Yeah, we, we've, you know, I've heard some major stuff, you know, that Derek's introduced me on, and except for screwing up your show's name, I really like your stuff. <laughs> hey,
2: you know what? I, I don't feel like an actual guest on a show unless they screw up my show's name. That's, that's just the way it goes. I don't know why the Earth, <laughs> Earth Destruction Directive just tongues ties people, but it does, and so there you go.
1: Yeah, it's, just, it's a tongue twister, but it's a good one, though. I guess we're just going to jump kind of right in this. What we're going to do is we're just going to do a synopsis. I want to give you the general gist of the movie, and we're just going to kind of have a round table, talk about what we like, get Luke's background, you know, with the wizard, and, like, maybe share some information we don't know about. And, of course, me being the game freak I am, you know, I'll hopefully chirp in and maybe, you know, Give Luke a little bit of information he may not know, and hopefully both will come together, and we'll give everybody information they don't know. That's how we do it here. So basically, yes, this is a team up movie. One of the things that they tend to do with Common writer is a lot of the team up movies tend to be the previous writer and the current season writer, and it's kind of like in a weird way a passing of the torch in a way, but it's it's mainly just you know sell toys, <laughs> 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 but. Uh, it's like every, every common writer is
3: Star Trek Generations, you know? Yeah. <laughs> there's, always, there's always a passing of the torch.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's always someone, you know,
0: getting the torch.
1: Basically start off, as with the standard formula of these movies, we're gonna start off with Wizard. He is Haruto Soma, He is our common rider wizard. He's just kinda of chilling out in this little village. And the kid there's some kids playing soccer and whatnot. And one of them kicks the ball up in the air and it lands near this kind of statue. And of course, in case people don't know, I think this is kinda of one of those like intro things where they're like kinda of getting like a brief glimpse of the powers he has. So he says, you know, let me help you out with that and he turns on his power, you know, and is like access freeze and sticks his hand through a magical portal, his hand comes out near the top of the statue, grabs a soccer ball, and there you go, helps out the kitties. Nice little moment, you know, shows that he's a cool guy and he's a nice guy, and we kind of get a feeling for who he is and what he's about, even with just that few things. Then the children go on to butcher the English
3: language.
0: (laughs) Are you a magician?
1: No, I'm a wizard. (laughs) Yeah. I are just it, missing Hagrid. He should have been there.
2: The English is pretty strong in that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Of course, we can't have, you know, happy, you know, peaceful moments too long. And we immediately kind of go into some action. I'm actually going to go ahead and jump to Luke as far as who are these characters? Because there's like three <laughs> people who have flashlights and guns, and they're looking around stuff. And um, they look kind of like FBI types, but I... They, they they find these, like, I guess what you call the putty patrol of the series and cases and stuff, and I didn't know who the hell they were.
2: Yeah, the, the three people that uh, that we see are are Nitto, who is the former Common Rider Beast, Rinko, who is a policewoman, she was the first gate saved by Common Rider Wizard in his series, who went on to become one of his allies for the entire length of the series, and then the special investigator, he's the chief of a special investigative force that Rinko works with and, and Wizard works with over the course of his series and what they're doing is they're investigating in in this warehouse reports that new phantoms have been created and what they find in the warehouse is not so much like the foot soldiers but the the phantom that is there there's three of them is is the phantom Carbungle, and Carbungle is kind of the he was the known as wise man he was the big bad of the phantoms in wizard and he was an artificial phantom that was created science and so that's why they're trying to create more of him he was a bad bad dude So seeing three of Wise Man or Carbuncle come up is, is really bad news.
1: Screw me! I was like, wow, why is there three of them? So okay, that, that explains that.
2: Yeah, and then they're quickly joined by the three the riders known as the, the three Common Rider mages. And this is, again, something towards the end of Kamen Rider Wizard, where main villain of the series needs four wizards, basically. And so he has Wizard, and then he creates three more, and those are these three.
1: Cool, okay. Yeah, they, they, they do come in. They come in to kind of save their asses, because they aren't doing very well. They just, As Luke said, this is a pretty powerful phantom. And right when it looks like things are going really bad, it more happens as a guy jumps in, he's got this huge face tattoo, and in his big furry coat and everything and he reveals that he is a phantom. He is a phantom who's called Ogre and his big deal is he eats other phantoms and he gets stronger by doing so. He pretty much lays waste to the mages that Luke described and I think it's Nito. is that his name? Nito, yeah. Nito, Nito. He's about to turn into his own common Rider but his female friend is all like, you know, no the power too strong and he's like <laughs> You know, shush, woman, but, you know, he doesn't do it.
2: Yeah, the thing with, with Beast here is that, again, in Common Rider Wizard, the way that the wizards get their power is that they have a phantom trapped inside them, okay? So the phantoms, what they were doing is they went and they found gates, and gates were people that had, the, if if they were lose their greatest hope and given to despair, the phantom inside them would burst forth and a new phantom would be born. Well, once a gate started to give into despair. If they were able to defeat the phantom on their own, like push that phantom back down inside of them, that's what unlocked them to become a wizard. So much like uh, Haruto has dragon inside of him that gives him his wizard powers, Nito had an ancient phantom or an ancient beast called Chim- uh, Chimera or Chimera who was inside of him. at the Towards the end of Wizard, he makes a deal with Chimera, and Chimera releases him, so he's no longer bound to it. So that that's why Nitto has to go in and ask Kamara for his power back, so he can transform again.
3: It's like basically like Nitto was was off the smack, and then every chance he gets to get into a fight, he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna start shooting up again. And that's <laughs> why that's why Rinko's like, No, 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 don't don't fall back into your bad habit. We did yeah. all this stuff to get you off the smack. We don't want you to start up again. You know? Yeah,
2: and it's like we talked about in Superhero War Z, Derek, that. Kim- <laughs> Time era requires Nitto to eat magical energy constantly. Yeah, so yeah. that's why he, he's saying, "Oh, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get some good food for this guy once I kill this ogre." So that that's the that's kind of the curse of being Common Rider Beast. And he was free of it, but now, of course, you know, shit has gotten real, so to speak.
3: Yeah, yeah. Ogre Ogre seemed pretty badass. I mean, he was basically, like, taking all the little mages' wallets and stuff, and, yeah. and he looked pretty pretty serious and everything. I was thinking, like, if Lurch was, like, a Bishojo looking Japanese dude that, like, was really tall and l- lanky, you know, that's that's kind of what Ogre looked like to me, you know? Where yeah. And then he, he has his, like, phantom form and everything, too. And he, he kind of reminded me of... I, I was thinking he was, like, a Mezo or the Super like, but with, like, all these other phantoms yes. like he just keeps eating their powers, but then he gains the powers of the phantoms that he eats and everything so you're like, oh crap this guy's gonna be like really powerful because he just ate the big bad of, of the series so yeah. now like he's even more you know powerful than he was before and he specifically
2: they specifically name checked several phantoms at his power he uses. He uses Basilbub's power and he can teleport. He uses Legion's power and he has that giant slash attack. So they they actually do some nice callbacks to the the phantoms from the series.
1: After Ogre, as Sarah said, stole everybody's wallet, he takes it off because he has a main goal that he's trying to get. He wants to uh, he wants to obtain Haruto's wizard dragon. He finds Haruto at this beach, and Haruto's just kind of chilling out and not really you know doing anything big. And Ogre challenges him, and he turns into his band of form, and of course a fight ensues. but ogre, again, much wallet being taken today. <laughs> 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 Haruto gets his ass pretty well kicked, and he even uses a lot of his, I would assume, bigger powers. Like, he does the one where he calls forth ground, water, I don't know all of his forms, but like he calls forth like his various forms, so they all attack at once and they all get destroyed. He uses a couple of his different spells to no avail. He doesn't change any of his big forms. That's probably going to be for later. We'll see.
2: Yeah. But yeah,
1: nonetheless, Ogre just has his number.
2: The Kamen Rider's wizard He always had access to his four elemental forms, which are fire, land, hurricane, and water, which are red, yellow, green, and blue respectively. And then the upgraded forms of that were the dragon forms. That's and that's where he's got the, the his coat changes from black to whatever color it is.
0: And then he pulls out the Drago timer, oh, which allows him to use
2: all four of the dragon forms at once. And that was like kind of his mid-level, like his mid-season, you know, ultimate power kind of thing was the Drago timer. Okay. Usually, to throw out the Drago timer, you know, the, you know that that's when phantoms go kaboom, you know. But
3: <laughs> but, but in this case, he's like, my
1: my Kyle Ken did not work.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like what?
1: <laughs> oh no! What magic is this? Ogre also, he keeps saying he wants to steal haruto's you know hope he wants to make him go into despair and one of the things he does is he still hit, steals his hope ring and he takes off he's like i will you know finish you later haruto being the kind of guy he is you know he goes back to japan we get a little moment here that's kind of a nice little call back to, to gaim we see haruto's friends at a kind of a food cart with i guess a crossdresser which hey that's cool i don't care
2: the cross-dressing <laughs> owner of the Donut Shop, yes.
1: It's what, Happy Donut Shop? Is yeah. that what it's called? Don-
2: donut Shop Happy, yes. It's actually a, a mm-hmm. major set like set that they used in Kamen Rider Wizard and a, and a regular recurring character is this yeah. cross-dressing owner of the Donut Shop. Because it's like what we, Haruto's the guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, it's Haruto like, loves uh, donuts, but he only ever gets plain he goes, plain sugar every time. And every time she comes, or she, comes, he comes out with Oh, I've got these brand new styles of donuts, all these different crazy flavors, and, uh, plain sugar, please.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm waiting for Donuts. Orange Banana! I do,
3: <laughs> that's that's the thing too because it is it is kind of a crazy style it's like a call out to Gaim because she's got these or he has got these donuts that that are all the different like main fruits that are going to be the main writers so it's like they've got a like a melon placed on top of the donut cut cut in an artistic style and they've got like an orange slice and they've got grapes and then they've got you know banana and everything and it's just like all i could think of is i'm like you're actually going to eat that donut with the orange peel still on it ew i really
2: like that because his voice changes to the uh, henshin voice orange you know yeah Yeah. that really cracks me up yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you, have, one has to, you have to wonder, was that diegetic? Like, did you know, uh, Shimpei, and, and Rinko and Nito, did they all hear him talking that way and just ignore it? I'm not sure they've
3: seen weirder things with all the phantoms and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, so.
1: yeah. The reunion is kind of short-lived, though, as someone from Haruto's past, Kei Koyomi, who it seems was either like, you know, something of a love interest or at least someone very special to him. Appears in the middle of the lake. She's just standing there, and I don't know how she looked in the regular series, but she looks pretty goth out. So everybody's like, oh, Koyomi. You know, you're supposed to be dead, it's a miracle and stuff. But she's not the Koyomi that he knew, as she shows that she has mage powers now. And who's watching but Ogre, and he's laughing it up, and, you know, like, haha, I've changed your precious Koyomi into this.
2: Okay, now, again, if anyone had listened to the episode Derek and I did about Supergirl Wars Z, we talked a little bit about Koyomi. Koyomi is a very important person to Harotel. She's, she's not a love interest per se, but she is very dear, and he will go to great lengths to protect her. And I won't get too much into that, because it's it spoilers for Wizard, and it's actually some really cool storytelling. But let's just say, by the end of Wizard, now this is going to be a spoiler, by the end of Wizard, Koyomi's soul, essentially, is in that hope ring. And so what Haruto is doing at the beginning of this film is the same thing he was doing at the end of Wizard. He is traveling the world to find some place that he can leave the hope ring where it will be secured, so Koyomi can rest in peace. And that's why he's traveling the world and he's outside of Japan and all that. Now, the the, the, the powers that Koyomi possesses, that is the form of the white Wizard. And the White Wizard, again, spoilers for Wizard, well, the White Wizard was the big bad of the series. And if you want to get real technical, the White Wizard and Wise Man were the same guy. And the White Wizard was manipulating not only all the Wizards, but also all the Phantoms to do his bidding, to accomplish his ultimate goal, which I won't get into again. So to see Kiyomi show up as the White Wizard, the White Wizard routinely, to use the vernacular here of Fan holes, um, smacked around Haruto and took his wallet on like a daily basis and he kind of ran into each other. So, to see the white wizard back, that is bad. And you, you, can al- you can always tell that the white wizard means business because when Haruto does his spells, he, you know, flips the wizard driver to be the correct hand, holds the ring in front and says, you know, whatever to spell, then please. So, connect, please. Or, defend, please. Whereas, uh, the white wizard yeah. will do the same thing and go, explosion, Now.
1: Now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So
2: yeah, that, yeah, and,
1: it's, and she it's does on, do right that. Yeah. She yeah, she's, she's totally on. And this is also again ogre. Ogre's very interesting because even though he's really powerful, he's big on mind games, and he basically gives Huto this choice: either he can kill Koyomi and you know kill this important person in his life and fall into despair, or let her continue rampaging as the White Wizard, causing a lot of death. And again, causing him to fall into despair. So either way, he's kind of screwed on that. However, Nito, even though he's kind of, from what I understand, I don't know a lot, but he's kind of Haruto's rival in the regular show. He he they're, does they're have a friendly fun. rivalry.
2: They're friendly rivals. They they, they work together. Yeah, you know they they they're Nitto's always wanting to. He wants to beat the Phantom so he can eat him and use their energy. But they're they're not at each other's throats or anything. They're they're very they're good terms guys.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a trope in common Rider that the second writer, even if he is kind of a decent guy, he's also a little bit of a jerk-ass, too, so that's that's kind of a theme. (laughs) (laughs) This time, he doesn't have no woman telling him what to do, and he turns into a beast rider, and he's pretty cool-looking, actually. There's a little scene where he goes into his phantom world, or his underworld, I think they would call it, and he talks to Chimera. And, you know, Chimera's like, you got away once, if you deal again, you may not. And, you know, he's like, I don't care, I have to save my friend. He actually does a pretty good job against the White Wizard for a little bit. Unfortunately, Ogre's not having that. And he jumps in, and he doesn't really lay the smack down on him. He just beats him up enough to where they can get away. By the way, I should mention that he pretty much low-blowed Haruto to knock him out, so he, as he said, would not see him kill Koyomi. So, nice guy, kind (laughs) of. Yeah, that happens then. He's
3: basically like the Vulcan nerve knee to the chest, <laughs> or whatever, right? Because it, it totally knocks him out, right? He, he hit the right pressure point there. So yeah, it's well, like most times when I get knee to the chest, I'm like, ow, I don't fall asleep. But, you know, hey. But
2: Beast is not known for his subtlety, you know? <laughs> I mean, like, like we, and, and he says it here. Wizard's catchphrase when he goes into battle is, it's showtime. And Beast catchphrase is "It's lunchtime," and <laughs> well,
3: That's that's why he likes those candy wrapper-looking space sheriffs, right? Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 he's all about getting <laughs> getting his belly
1: full. <laughs> yeah, Beast is definitely a character. They all regroup back at the antique shop. Oh, uh, see if I can just say this right. Omo kagedo.
3: I just, you know, Tony, like, I was telling Luke, and I I think it's accurate, and Luke doesn't watch Buffy, I'm like, this is totally, like, the magic shop from, like, season six of Buffy, where they all just come back and hang out and, like, shoot the shit and stuff, you know?
1: Yeah, and they they have, like, a kind of nice little moment, because, like I said, you know, you have a Horoto who's, like, feeling kind of down, and, you know, he's he's not falling into despair yet, but he's definitely not happy, and, you know, Beast is, like, you know... Feeling like, you know, I let him get away and stuff. And all the other people are just missing Koyomi and shocked that she's returned in this form. But we have a nice little bonding moment. Everybody's like, you know, you know, she's never gone as long as we remember her. And, like, to prove this, Shunpei actually whips out a new ring that he crafted. Then they're like, you know, their resolve is back. And they go back, to fight, go back to find Ogre and Koyomi slash the White Wizard. And right off the bat, they're like, you know... Shunpei, you know, like, let, me, you know like, let me do the plan, you know, because, like, he, uh, basically, Haruto decides he's not going to do either one of Ogre's demands. He's not going to kill Koyomi, and he's not going to let her kill a bunch of people. He's going to do it his way. He's going to try to save Koyomi the best way he can. So he calls for Shunpei's ring. And it doesn't work. <laughs> that, that made me
3: crack up because I had, uh, since we were going to watch this, I did start watching Common Rider Wizard. And so, like, I have seen, like, the Shinpei introductory episode. And, like, in that, it's basically, like, he, he, lo- he thinks he is a magician mm-hmm. in one of the episodes. Because one of the, what do they call them? The phantoms yeah one of the phantoms like makes him believe that he can like generate fire from his finger so he like spends the he spends the whole episode like pointing and then going and then he like generates the fire and everything so like what's funny is like when i first watched this it was just kind of like it didn't mean anything to me it was kind of like oh the ring crapped out all right i understood it like for the purposes of the story but when i watched it the second time after i had seen that episode it was like a total like in joke or it's like, <laughs> you know, and you're like, oh, that's pretty funny because like, I didn't, I don't know, I didn't catch that the first time, but it's kind of like, it's kind of like when, you know, Lando can't fix the Falcon or whatever, you know, and you're just like, oh man,
1: this is getting worse all the time, you know, so it was pretty cool. I, I thought it was fixed. Yeah, um, yeah, so he does have to fight the, uh, Kiyomi, the, the white wizard, and here comes Common uh, Rider Beast who, help out but ogre man ogre does not like beast <laughs> he's like why do you keep interfering so he jumps in and starts laying the smack down during this there's a little tender moment where Naruto just basically embraces koyomi even though she's in her white wizard form and he just vows that he will never let her go he will not let her go until he finds a place to you know you know like save her hope you know like like put, place her hope in the right place and he will never you know let her down and, you know, the magic of the cards, you know, it comes through, and she's just like, you know, she becomes herself again. The uh, white wizard persona kind of fades away from her, and it's just her and her normal look. And, you know, sweet little moment, you know, it was very cool. However, Ogre is not to be denied. He calls for his carbuncle clones to deal with Beast, and he literally slices... Haruto kind of in half and jumps into his body to go into his underworld. It's more of a magic slice. He doesn't kill him, but he jumps inside of his underworld. That sounded really dirty. <laughs> and he's in there, and through the magic of Shumpei's ring, which actually does work now, Haruto is able to summon him forth basically kind of like, not a clone of himself, but I guess his spiritual, his spiritual form, I guess. And he's able to jump inside of his own underworld in his wizard form. Uh, he comes down into the underworld and... All his underworld is, is, uh, uh, Luke will probably get into more of this, but it's like a beach Mm -hmm. where it's a bunch of floating pictures of Kayomi and him as they had, you know, obviously it's probably episodes from the Wizard series and there's like a broken swing and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I assume that beach has significance, right, Luke?
2: Yeah, there's a lot of the the beach motif, like fighting on the shore, comes up a lot in Wizard. And what this gets back to is in one of of the Mm -hmm. memories that we see is the the ritual, the, the Sabbath that created all of the phantoms and created Wizard, happened at the beach. And he was and him and Koyomi were the only survivors of that ritual. And the broken swing is something from Koyomi's early childhood, when that was a swing that she used to swing on, and that plays a kind of important like visual reminder throughout the latter half of the series, so that the broken swing was something that we knew that we were dealing with Kayomi's history. And all the yeah, all these scenes are either ones that are directly from the series, or are implied in parts of the series. And so, the, yep. what, what the when a phantom makes their gate give in to despair, they start cracking, like we see with uh, Haruto start cracking, like with the purple energy oozing out of him. You know that his hope has been shattered. And the only way at that point, once they've started to give in to despair, is for wizard to go into their underworld and defeat uh, a phantom there. And so that's what he's doing, like you said, Tony. He's in his own underworld now. And the underworld, generally, you go to wherever the memory is that has your strongest hope. Like, for example, when Rinko was targeted by Minotaur in the first episode, uh, the memory that he targeted was her memory of her father as a police officer. And so he had to go back into that time, you know, 20 years ago, when Rinko was a little girl, and save the memory of her and her father as this, you know, respected police
3: officer. It's it's interesting watching the series because you know just starting out to watch it because it's it's kind of an interesting conceptualization you know that you're basically like something that is your greatest hope can also be lead you to your worst. Despair, mm-hmm. almost, you know, because of the way that these phantoms manipulate it. You know that basically, you know, it kind of ties into that whole "you're your own worst enemy" thing. You know, and it's like all they all they have to do is sort of slightly tweak what's going on in your personal makeup, and then and then you sort of fall into the depths of despair. So, I mean, I, I think that's pretty, you know, for a common writer show. You know, I know I know it's not always targeted as just at young kids. You know, maybe it's targeted to teens and everything, but it is it is kind of a heavy concept for, you know, just for, you know, an action-adventure piece like this
1: is. You know, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, a little metaphysical. And boy, Derek, you should watch Fies. Jeez, (laughs) talk about depressing. Anyway, (laughs) as Luke said, Ogre's trying to, you know, go to his underworld and, you know, basically finish him off, you know, destroy his hope. We see the Wizard Dragon fly out, and Ogre's on top of it trying to control it. Wizard Dragon ain't having it. He's like, get off me. Yeah, he's not one to mess with. And Ogre, this is where Ogre makes his mistake, because as they fight, Haruto tells him himself, it's like, you know, you brought me to the place where I have the greatest hope, and, you know, you cannot defeat me here. And he jumps aboard the Wizard Dragon. Wizard Dragon, in a pretty cool scene, blows fire on his sword, and he does a, one of those nice little finishing attacks. Ogre's pretty much done for. He even does the bad guy lament of, you know, I'm the strongest one, how could I lose? <laughs> And you know we have a you know we have our finishing battle and Ogre is finished. He, he's no longer in the movie. He is gone, folks. And we have a nice little wrap up where Haruto kind of enters his own memories and goes to a point where he can see Kirino uh, in the uh, antique shop, and he gives her the Hope Ring because he's finally found the perfect place to leave the ring for her. So with that done, he comes back to the real world. He's totally fine after getting rid of Ogre. And the the hope ring is actually gone in the real world too, and everybody kind of figures it out. They like they all smile and stuff, and everything's fine. And Beast is like, "Yeah, you did it, you know." Like we're like unbeatable and stuff. And then the giant Piranha Plant comes out and eats them. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> and then Orange Blood Arms is in the background looking menacingly. So I guess it gives you like a little tease for the the Gaim segment that we're about to go into. Yeah. And
2: I tell you what, as a very big fan of *Common Rider Wizard, I've really liked this segment because to me it was a very fitting epilogue to the series. Because the series ends on it's odd because it ends on a, on a very downbeat sort of story, but ends on a hopeful note. But here we kind of see that hopeful note played forth and the characters are put into a, a good place. And it, it satisfied what I was looking for as an epilogue to Wizard. So I mean if if this was not part, if you don't have that little tag with the Invest I guess it's an invest, right? Jumping in and kidnapping Beast and having, you know, uh, Blood Orange arms back there. If you don't have that little tag, this works as a standalone little 30-minute and as an epilogue to, you know, as a one-year-later epilogue to Wizard kind of thing. So I really enjoyed cool, this yeah. aspect of it. And I it, really did.
1: Yeah, and, and that's actually what I was going to bring up. Not only does this movie have the longest title, it has two separate titles because the wizard part is called The Promised Place, and now we're getting to the Gaim part of the episode called Sengoku Battle Royale.
2: This is Tokyo, once a city of six million people. What has happened here was caused by a force which, up until a few days ago, was entirely beyond the scope of man's imagination. Tokyo, a smoldering memorial to the
0: unknown. An unknown which at this very moment still prevails, and could at any
2: time lash out with its terrible destruction anywhere else in the world. Hi folks, Luke Jacanetti here. I'd like to ask you a few questions. Do you like giant monsters, or as they're called in Japan, kaiju? Monsters like Godzilla, Rodan, Gamera, King Ghidorah, or Mothra? Do you like more obscure monsters, such as Gappa or Yangari? Do you like giant heroes like Ultraman or super robots like the Shogun Warriors? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then I think you might like my podcast, Earth Destruction Directive. I'm a dedicated fan of all things Daikaiju, and I'd like to share that with all of you. Please check out Earth Destruction Directive at 2 true Freaks. Earth Destruction Directive, where we turn your kaiju dreams into city smashing reality.
1: Yeah, so we the last part we left off with is with the inves looking piranha plant critter basically eating Common Rider Beast. And like Eric said, what looks like kota in his orange arms outfit but you know very red color and he has blood orange arms is behind there and they're like you know at first you're like what but man, we'll we'll find out what's going on
3: <laughs> yeah i
1: guess i guess if you're, if you're a regular watcher of of gaim and then you
3: get to that you're kind of like what's going on why does he look like kota what's What's the deal, you know? So I guess we're, we'll, we'll, we'll sort of get some questions answered as we continue discussing and, and I guess, you know, as we watch the second half, which is the Sengoku Battle Royale, which I kind of thought was like, I don't know, it felt like to me, I don't know if you guys know the reference, but I was kind of like, this is kind of like Dynasty Warriors, but for like Kamen Rider, kind yeah. of, the, the Actually, video games. The, the, yeah. the, one,
2: the one it made me think of was Nobunaga's Ambition. Do you remember that? Game. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> Same idea <though>. oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> But Luke, hold on. Don't get too excited because we have to start off with dancing. Yes. <laughs>
3: you know what? You know what I gotta say about oh. that? I gotta say, I, I just I need to say this. Those chicks in the white suits and the short shorts are super hot. Like, they're so hot, and I was like, wait, wait, where's their team? I'm gonna bring them on the show. What, what, what team do they represent? I think they're just supposed to be, like, cheerleaders or something, but I was, like, I, when I was team seeing that. Team
2: Hot Pantsu. I, I
3: know, that's what I was saying. Like, dude, Team Hot Pantsu is, like, the best team ever. So.
2: Yeah, because I, I, I know, Derek, we were talking about this, that you had to review that section of the tape over and over and over, just trying yeah. to figure out what team, yeah, team yeah. they belong I was like, to. I was
3: like, what team do they belong to? <laughs> I see three posters. I'm just going to keep watching that over and over and over again. Yeah. I mean, it's research. That,
1: it's
2: clearly research, yeah. you
1: know. <laughs> damn, I, I was about to say, yeah. Derek is dedicated to his craft. He is very <laughs> <creative>. <laughs> dedicated If you don't know about Gaim, one of the underlying themes is, is all of these various beat writers are part of dance crews and it's like a gang slash dance crew and they usually compete against each other on their own stage but now we have this big huge I guess dance battle royale and it's all the various teams And like Derek says there's a couple of teams we haven't seen and we probably will never see and they're just I guess there because it's a movie you gotta have more than three teams you know make it
0: look well, better. It, it,
1: like, it felt like it was
3: like the Sharks the Jets and then the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, you know, just because they're like super hot, you know, like that. No,
2: if you prefer, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if we're kosher with Simpsons references here, but it was like the Battle of Springfield was between the forces of the North, the South, and the East <laughs> <laughs> to keep Springfield, you know, in, out of, and next to the Union, respectively. So, uh,
1: awesome, awesome, gotcha. Give a Given timeline of where this takes place. We don't have a lot of the writers that we'll see later on in the series, but we do have the ones we've been introduced so far. We have Kota, Kaito, we have Michi, we also have what? What, who, what do you call them? Chippendale? Oh yeah, Chippendale. Yeah, yeah. It, um, it's basically what it's like. It's
3: team dime, it's team Baron, and then what do they call them? Team Wild something
1: team, team raid? Team raid Wild and team Kaito. Uh,
3: yeah, there you go. Okay.
1: Yeah, and they're they're all like you know. They're present and then it's revealed by DJ Sagara that uh not only is this a dance competition, but they're going to have a battle royal with all the armored riders. And the winners get a whole batch of lock seeds. Which of course everybody wants.
2: And a 42000 um, kind thousand of uh, dollar gift card to Dave and Busters. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Man, hey, supply of <laughs> It's like somebody somebody's gotta play pool,
1: you know? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if you know this, but Kaito's a beast on the damn basketball hoop game. He's face. It's like Chip and Dale just keep
3: plugging their their quarters into the the shoot 'em up games that cost too much money or whatever.
1: They're like, I've won a prize! <laughs> I won! Yeah, it's kind of funny. Kota is actually a little bit arrogant now. He's like, you know, it's like we will we will win, you know, because we will win the lottery. Well, these like, they're, my they're all, they're girlfriend.
3: All they're, they're all they're all cheering for him, you know. They're like, guy. Yeah, you know, so he's kind of getting into the yeah, whole. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's ready to entertain, I guess, as would like to say, Tony.
2: My question for this segment: yeah. Did Gaim ever cross over with Kyo Ruga?
3: I don't I know,
2: know did, it, I don't know if they did Kyo Ruga. It would seem to be a perfect setup between the 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 you know the the street dance crew and then the samba dancing. It would seem like those two should go oh, together yeah. for some kind of a crossover movie, right?
3: That would make sense. I, I guess I,
2: look,
1: I have no idea if
3: they ever. I would be
2: surprised them. because
1: I would be surprised because Tokuga aired during the first part of Gaim, but Kaiokenuga started airing like right in the middle of Gaim season, so it's possible.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because the Tokuga yeah, I don't know, Gaim no. crossover was towards the was at the beginning of Tokuga, towards the end of Gaim, so you would think they would have at least put them together for yeah. a you know maybe a, a to video dance off of some kind.
3: Maybe there's like one of those like special commercials that maybe we don't always see where it's like they're selling stuff but dancing at the same time
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like I said Derek's girlfriend Mai uh, is there to uh, slap a little bit of humility on Kota but before anything can really get started here it comes I, I looked it up just to make sure I got it right it is called a pitcher plant humanoids, so it's not, actually not even an invest he pops through a crack they do,
3: they do have that conversation about it. They're like, "Is that an invest?" And they're like, yeah, "It kind of looked big for an invest." Like, so I think I think they even discussed that amongst themselves, where they're they're not even quite sure if it's an invest or not. So. Yeah.
2: Now, my, and I and I didn't look this yeah. up, and I and I should have. Are the inhumanoids the monsters from another SI Rider series? Maybe. Hmm. I don't know because I, 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 I know that. So. like... I mean, that, because I, I know, I know some of them. I know like the greed and the, the phantoms and the inks and, and you know, some of the other. But I don't, I don't remember in, in humanoid. So, you know, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, it I failed as a the I, I haven't done my research on this.
1: You didn't watch Team Hot Petsy for four hours. <laughs> 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 Apparently,
3: I just did a quick I did a quick Google on the fly. Uh, the only thing I pulled up is there's something called the Destron, not to be confused with I guess the Transformers Destron in humanoids. And it says these are the monsters that V3 fought periodically. Oh, okay. And then and then it says like the Shocker in humanoids, the Destron in humanoids are cyborgs with powers based on their animal plant yes, counterparts. Yes. So I knew so, it so that's th- the that must be some kind of reference to the Showa era, yeah. like, riders and stuff. That's
2: pretty neat, considering how much of this is about the Heisai Riders, that we get a Showa Rider reference in there.
3: Yeah, I guess that, that yeah. applies to his, you know, blood arms, like, you know, villainous, inhumanoid plant guy
2: or yeah. whatever. Well, again, it's, it's like, again, yeah. with uh, with superhero Tizen Z, you know, they, they pulled in, Shocker pulled in monsters from all over the Kamen Rider history. Yeah. You know, so it makes sense. It's all good. It's all just yeah, dudes that are cyborgs mean. that look like animals that other grasshopper-looking dudes beat up. It's all cool. I'm I'm all about it. <laughs> I'm all about it. As long yeah, as I, as
3: long as you get to see those girls in the white shorts and <laughs> and eyes that are pigtails and everything, I'm all. You can beat the hell out of whatever plant monster you guys want. I, like, mean, this is
2: awesome. I, I think I think we need to unplug Derek and plug him back in because he needs to reboot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: As we were fond of saying on uh panel podcast, I gotta log it out now. Um, <laughs> it's, it's actually interesting though because the pitcher plant, whereas before he absorbed a common writer, he goes straight for Mai, and it's like what the hell? And of course, uh, even though the other writers are fighting each other, Kota, being the hero that he is, is like you know gotta go save Mai, and they manage to drive off the pitcher plant who jumps through the same uh, jumps to a new crack and Kota's like, you know, make sure mine's okay, and because Chippendale suck, they stay behind, and Kota, Kaito, and Michi, in their armored forms, jump through the crack to go to Helheim Forest. The interesting thing about Helheim Forest is, unlike the episodes of Gaim, for some reason it's raining in Helheim Forest, which is apparently something that doesn't happen. And then even, like, first one in the episode is Kaito. That's the common writer of the battle. And... They go running after the pitcher plant in Humanoid, and they come across another crack. They see him jump through it, and they jump through that as well. And then they come out in front of a kind of glowy tree that looks a lot like the Yggdrasil tree, except it's all blue and shiny and stuff. There's a bunch of people in front of it. They're kind of dressed in a... To use like a steampunk, you know, reference, they're kind of in a mishmash of like modern yet feudal clothing. Like they have like robes, but they also have pants. And they also have like shirts, but they, yeah, it's kind of a mashup of era styles. And time
3: comes through. It's time. kind of like if the guy has a like a Niners jersey, but then he's got like a kilt or a you know Roman like steel you know skirt or something at the same time with like you know sandals or thongs or something that are made of wood. You know, and you're yeah. just
1: like that's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, but all these I guess you call villagers see Gaiman, like Derek says, they're like, Gaim Gaiman, like, Coda's like, I've got fans here, too, everybody knows me. And then they run the fuck away. <laughs> so, well, they're, they're
3: shitting their pants, because it looks like, you know, Bujin Gaim, which is what they, they call all the different Heisei writers in this, in this universe, I guess. You know, he's obviously, like, a bad-to-the-bone dude, or whatever, so they're all kind of they're all scared because he looks just like them, except for the color so i mean obviously it's pretty simple to to see the 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 common look and then they just basically are you know the the fear that that all these people have for you know blood arms basically translates to kota but kota at the time you know he's like why are they running away
1: <laughs> yeah, like what, what? They try to figure out what's going on. They've obviously kind of realized that they're, you know, not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy. However, they look over and behind this big grove of trees, like a forest, they see smoke and fire in the distance. And of course, being the heroes that they are, they run off to go see what's
3: going on. You know what might be interesting to mention, and I don't know if this is something that, you know, Luke might want to talk to as well, but I, I know we discussed like which version of the the sub we would watch before we did this, and I know me and Tony watched the, the TV Neon sub, and mm-hmm. I think maybe Luke watched that as well, but you, you know what I noticed is in that they call my you know, because she's my girlfriend, and I pay attention to everything that happens to her, you know, she was going to be assaulted by that you know, in humanoid, and you know, Blood Arms basically says, you know, oh well, you know, did you get the Miko of Fate?
2: Miko and he's like,
3: of fate, oh. yeah. you know, and he's like, no, I missed, I, I you know, I didn't manage to nab her. And he's like, well, we're gonna have to get her at some point, you know, and. It, what, what's interesting is then, you know, reading some of the synopses and everything, you know, some of the synopses actually translate it. I'm not sure if Overtime translates it differently, but it, the, in some of the synopses I read, they refer to her as the priestess of fate, which, if you're an English speaker, means a whole hell of a lot more to you than Miko, you know? Yeah, like. That's <laughs>
2: yeah. actually a fairly common criticism leveled at TVN's subs, is that they leave a lot of words... Words that they feel are, are common or should be known to the viewer, they leave a lot of them untranslated like that. Oh, okay. And and I've seen that. That that's one of the reasons. One of the one of the things that fans of overtime, like you mentioned, and some other fans of outfits prefer to them is that they don't leave things like that untranslated. They translate it, or they or if they can't, if it's something that can't be translated easily, they'll leave it and then have a note on the top to explain what it means. Right. So, yes, and and that one, that's one of them right there. That kind of took me out of it because, you know, again, I I knew that word meant priestess, but it's like, why can't you just say priestess of the faith, you know? So
3: it's... Yeah, yeah. Like (laughs) speaking for myself, the first time I watched it, I had no idea what Miko meant. I was just like, I don't know, is that some fancy, clever name for Mai when she's wearing a blonde wig? Like, I I had no idea. Like, you know what I mean?
2: It it comes, (laughs) again, it it comes down to to personal preference and, you know, it's and, and... at the end of the day, that my my approach is all these are free, Yeah. you know. Yeah. So it's like if you don't like what one person's doing, well, okay, it's still free, you know. It's like you can either deal with it or you can find somebody else. You know, it's not like these are official I, I, releases I per- and we're complaining about. So yeah, <laughs> I, I personally
1: like the T V Nehan fondness of just sprinkling in a little bit of first words in their uh, translations <laughs> for no reason, really. It, it was- you uh, you. You ass wiped Tony Jackson. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it, was, it was a big... <laughs> I didn't bring that up. <laughs> it, it, was, it was kind of funny for me going from watching Wizard on Overtime to watching this film on TVN so that, like, all the fancy, like, flashy animations for their subtitles, whereas Overtime just does straight white subs. So, like, when, yeah. when Wizard, for instance, changes to fire, they have the... He says, key, 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 which is fire, 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 fire. And it goes from... Instead yeah. of going from left to right across the screen, it goes right to left because that's the way it goes on the anime, on when he changes. And it's like, that took, that was like, what the hell? The first time I'm watching it, I'm like, what? They're doing it backwards, <laughs> what? And I'm like, oh, wait a minute, I see what yeah. you're doing. No. <laughs> Even
1: his font for his talking changes when he changes into wizard, you yeah. know? Yep, yeah. yeah. Kind of cool. Now that we've gotten on our, gotten on our soapbox about uh, translation services, <laughs> that, is, that is an important plot point for later on the Miko update. We'll just call it the priestess. They get to this castle and it is being attacked by I guess they're baby and humanoids I would assume, and the the guy in the front though looks like Common Rider ooze, and that's our first hint that like you know there's definitely something going on here. For anybody who's a fan of a certain Common Rider in the show, let me just go ahead and tell you now: none of these Common Riders, who are the Bujin Common Riders, as uh, Derek has stated, none of them are our Common Riders from our shows. If you notice, like you'll notice as the the movie goes on. They have little personality they're pretty much just champions they're servants they they are the most powerful you know versions of you know like the champions for these houses and their the houses are named after them you know it's like in the in the beginning part, there's a little face off between Derek's boy, Forza and like his commonwriter Kiva common writer, Kiva. Yeah. Kiva yeah and
2: I did like that i actually had her note. Us, Forza with an exclamation point because even though this is an alternate dimension it's like some feudal warlord version of Forza he still runs up and yells SPACE TIME! So, <laughs> it's like no matter what the dimension Forza remains Forza. <laughs> you know I don't, I, don't,
3: I don't think I understood that this was an alternate universe with alternate Say writers until later in the movie when we're reintroduced to Wizard. Like, the RR wizard. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, because I I, I was kind of like, hmm. Like, I I was, like, basically, like, I guess my train of thought was, you know, Peering behind the veils of my brain, you know, peeling the the orange peels into my head. It was just like, I was sitting there going, okay, this is cool. This is like a wrap-up of Wizard. Like, I get it. It's an epilogue. Like, this was, you know, it was touching. It was sweet. Like, okay, I get it. And I go, hmm, I wonder how Wizard's going to, like, run into Gaim. And I go, oh, well, look, there's that guy who looks like Gaim. Well, he must he must run into him in this next segment. And then all of a sudden, it was like all this stuff about you know, feudal warlords in the Sengoku period, and I was like all these Heisei writers, and I'm like, okay, Hibiki, and all these other guys, and I'm like, okay, I'm like so God, how did they end up teaming up like, uh, like what, what are we I, I'm like I thought this was about Gaim what the fuck is this shit you know? cause I was like what's going on so, and and then you know then when the dance started and the girls you know came on I was like oh okay it's about Gaim you know but but it was just that was kind of like where my head was and then and then you know like Tony's talking about we get back into it and and you know Tony had been telling me he's like dude I'm watching O's it's cool man you should watch O's and I'm like sitting there going oh there's, there's the you know Tony's boy owes oh, like, and he's like, you know, and then I'm like, damn, Tony's boy got his ass kicked by Blood Arms, you know, because <laughs> I'm like, I, I I didn't make the connection, you know, I I wasn't of that mindset when I first watched it because I was like thinking it was like the real guy like transported into the alternate universe and he's just being a, you know a heroic. Common Rider and sort of, you know, leading these people and, and, and being their their hero, their warlord or whatever. You know, that that's kind of what I thought was going on. And I didn't realize that it's kind of like, you know, Bujin O's is not the same as O's from the standard universe. And I don't think that dawned on me until later in the film because, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm stupid or I just,
1: you know, I didn't know, you know. Basically what happens is they get to the castle and, like I said, they see Ooze or Bujin Ooze. And Kaito, being the smart guy he is, he just runs into the castle in his unarmored form. Ooze doesn't even notice him. He's like, whatever, I'm fighting. However, Kota, not his fault. I, I don't blame him. Him and Michi decide to henshin, and Ooze is like, you know, what the hell are you doing here? And, like, even though they're fighting the Inhumanoids, Ooze turns his attention to Gaim. We have a quick little theme change because we got to get Takatora into this because you can't, you know, you can't have a Gaim without Melon Arms and Getsu. And, of course, he, he's always in, in interested in what's going on in the Helheim Forest. And one of his little underlings is like, all the Arbor Riders who were fighting in the forest earlier have gone to a different place. They're they, they no longer in Zawame or in Helheim. And, of course, Takatora T- T- being the control freak he is, is like, I better go check this out. So that's where we get our end for Sangetsu. After that quick little respite, we go back to the fight. And as Derek says... <laughs> My boy Ooze gets his wallet taken and the change removed from his socks and gets absorbed by the pitcher plant after common Rider Bujin Gaim pretty much beats the crap out of him. Also during this, though, as I said, Kaito ran into the castle. And who does he run into but Nobunaga? Hi, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> 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 it's, it's kind of a cool moment because Nobunaga is very similar in his mindset to Kaito. He believes that the best way to achieve your goals is by strength and by force. And Kaito's like, I dig this guy. And Urbunaga's like, I dig this guy. <laughs> and not that way, guys. Get your get your, get your your heads out of the gutter. Come on. His little, I guess you would say, left tenant, she is with him. And he pushes her aside as a bunch of inhumanoids rush the castle. In a kind of, like, pretty badass scene, Urbunaga goes down holding all these inhumanoids as the castle crashes around him. And he's like, you know... You know, I, I, you know, like, I choose you to, like, you know, be the guy who will, you know, take this country by force. And he runs off by himself. He gets the girl out, but he kind of goes his own way. I just thought that was kind of a cool little scene. And it like, you know, like I said, you know, Bonica, okay, well, okay. <laughs> I'm like, the hottie boom body that he
3: runs out of the <laughs> castle with is named Ron Maru. And I just, I just got to say, like... You have to have like Van Helsing levels of suspension of disbelief with her because it's like, dude, she just like survived an exploding castle. She's about to get attacked by like all these like thugs in the middle of like some village or something like that and gets pushed around. But regardless of this, she has perfect, beautiful makeup the entire time. And I'm just like, you look awesome, baby. I don't know how you did that with, like, all the exploding castles and bullshit going on and everything, but it's like, and I don't know where they get all their, you know, Vidal Sassoon's in the middle of the feudal Sengoku period, but she looked awesome, so thumbs up to her. Congratulations.
1: (laughs) Yeah, not a a hair out of place. I I forgot to mention, before Nobunaga bites the big one, he flicks a core metal, which is from Ooze to Kaito, for him to grab, and he, like, you know, stares at it like, you know, huh, what's this? It'll play a part later on, don't worry. After all this goes on, Bujin Gaim takes off, because he's still, you know, hot to trot to find his Miko of fate. And basically, Michi and Kocha kind of just, you know, trying to get out of there, because they're trying to figure out what the hell's going on. You know, they just saw a writer get absorbed. This Bujin guy is no joke, and they're just kind of having to regroup. And then we come to our character... Aiezo Tokugawa. And wow. He's not really a douche, but man, he looks like a douche.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, wait, you know what? You know what's funny? Because I kept looking and I'm like... I'm like, he He obviously has, like, t- to me, he's got the features of uh, a Westerner or a non-Japanese guy, but he's speaking Japanese and everything, so I, I had to look him up, and it, it's interesting. Like, his, I guess, in Japan, his, like, stage name is Joy, so that's kind of douchey, but... His real name is Joseph Greenwood, and apparently he's English-Japanese. So, I mean, I don't know who on what side or whatever, but, you know, you know, he, he, uh, he must have, like, you know, his mother or father, you know, must be Japanese or the other way around or something like that. But apparently he's a fashion model, so... Which is also kind of douchey. So <laughs> that, that would explain everything, you know. I think as far as who he's playing, I, I I mean he's named after the first Shogun of the Tokugawa, like you know, basically in that that warring period, I think. So so yeah. it's supposed to be like a historical reference or whatever to to an actual historical figure. So it, it, yeah, I guess you know, in layman's terms, it'd be like if you know. I don't know, you were reenacting secret wars in, like, some kind of feudal warring period, and you're like, I am Captain America. I will fight for you, George Washington. <laughs> and George Washington was like, you know, I don't know, Pacey Witter from Dawson's Creek, and he had a big douchey hat on or something like that.
1: Yeah, you know, that, that kind of deal. Tokugawa gets to jump on our, our buddies and catches them in, in a burlap sack. He's very happy about this because, obviously, he's got some plans. And later on, he kind of gives us, like, basically all the stuff we've been telling you about the Bujin Riders and how the Heisei Riders are, are those guys, like, the alternate forms. And this is kind of a feudal Sengoku period where each rider is a different house and they're trying to fight to unify the country. He's our exposition guy. He tells us all this, and he reveals that his own rider that was serving him was the wizard, the Bujin Wizard. And he got killed. So, and it's also revealed that the Bujingan serves no one. He is in this for himself. He does not serve any house at all. So, we get a little bit of a backstory. We also learn what happened to the wizard of this period, which I guess would help Derek. That's that's probably the moment where you're like, oh, <laughs> well,
3: well, I I don't know. It's weird. I felt like. I felt like, to me, like, we'll get into the moment I went, oh, later. Because I think it's still, at this point, I'm kind of like, wait, I thought this was supposed to be a wizard-god team-up. wizard's dead! Like, what the fuck's going on, you know? Like, and why is he working for this douche with the hat, you know? Like, I didn't... I, I still was kind of a little confused, so... Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> That's fine. Speaking of... Uh... People that Derek obviously likes. His girlfriend is wandering around Zawami City. It's revealed that the Beat Riders have been gone for a while now. It's been about a week, and no one's seen them. And Maya just kind of wanders around the city, wondering where Kota and Michi is. And she sees a crack that is formed uh, at the end of an alley. She was really good at finding these cracks in time and space. And yeah, yeah, yeah she's she's got like a thick sense. But being being who she is, you know, plucky go go get them kind of girl she is. She goes and looks for Kota and Michi in the Helheim Forest. Meanwhile, as Derek kind of hinted at earlier, uh, Ranmaru is being bullied by some bandits who, again, definitely take the whole feudal modern day look to like nth degree. They look like anime characters. They really do. <laughs> but it's okay, though, because Kaito comes in and kind of saves the day. And she, she sees something in Kaito. She's like, this guy's pretty badass. So she kind of starts following him around. And then we go to one of the other houses and it's kind of like a poor beaten up nevish man of the house is, is with his wife who's obviously who who, makes, who wears the pants of the family and their writer is common Rider Double if you don't know who that is he is a writer who actually is made of two separate people and they form one common Rider it's actually a pretty cool series you should check it out It's kind of like a detective kind of vibe to it it's pretty yeah, cool yeah I, I yeah so the,
3: that we watched like I, I thought it was pretty cool I kind of like like double always reminded me of like firestorm in a way because it's like you you got to have the two guys to make up the the common writer and everything and they don't exactly you know they the personalities kind of clash and stuff like that i don't know i don't know if the the way the ruling houses were done in this was like sort of a nod to that like that the you know the white wearing the pants maybe is representative of You know, one part of the personality, and then the guy that's kind of nevish is maybe representative of, like, another personality that, like, the people in control are actually two different people, just kind of like how Doubles is made of two different people. But, you know, I thought it was kind of interesting.
1: Unfortunately for them, here comes Booting Gaim, ready to kick some ass, and they, of course, send Double in to fight. Actually, Double does a pretty good job. He does not get his wallet nearly badly taken as my boy Ooze. (laughs) <laughs> He's lied. This is my credit card. He will not get my pin number
3: that easily.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> unfortunately for him, Sangetsu, Takatora intervenes, and he doesn't realize that this is not our guy, So he helps Gaim and gives a couple of good wallops to double. Womp womp. <laughs> you know? i like, good job, Takatora. Fish.
0: Ah! Lock on. Ah. Middle. Middle.
1: Middle. After this has already happened, he's like, "Hey, you're not, you know, you're not Coda." And guy's like, "Duh!" And then he gets his little pitcher plant to ingest Double's power. However, it, and this happened again. Comrade Double's Joker Gaia memory falls to the ground and Zangetsu picks it up before running off as Bujin is about to whoop that ass. So there's another like part of someone's changing accessory that has been saved. Hmm. I wonder if that's going to mean something.
3: Spoilers.
1: Anyway. (laughs) After that, we go back to Kota and, He's kind of having it out with Tokugawa, because I can't say that guy's first name. And he he basically, they come to an agreement. That being that Koden is going to beat Bujengai, but not for Tokugawa, just because guy Gaim is an asshole. And as soon as he's done, he's leaving. He's not going to help Tokugawa, you know, control the country. So that's kind of their, more or less their agreement. So with that being decided, they go falconing. Huh? Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, when in when in feudal Japan, do as the feudal Japanese do. That's <laughs> yeah,
1: they, they didn't have DVDs or any kind of video games. So, I mean, you know, falconing. So what's for dinner? Um, they take off, and it's gets kind of cool because another nod to the fact that this is a weird mashup of civilizations is a lot of the ruling houses, like the leaders, tend to roll around in military jeeps. And that's kind of cool. It has kind of like that Doctor Who alternate reality vibe to it when you see that kind of stuff.
3: The Doctor Who, our budget only allowed for these Jeeps, these bikes, and we, we couldn't get these horses and these tanks. Like, that kind of thing. <laughs> like. But who, who
1: should come running up behind him on his bike but horse? Now, at first, Koda's like, oh, crap, now I've got to fight this guy. But it's revealed that there is actually allies, and fours is uh, ally of Tokugawa, which is kind of cool. I'm sure Derek kind of liked that. fours zooms in front of the jeep, though, and he's like, you know, watch out! And who else? Who else but Gaim? Comes in, bujin Gaim comes in to be him and just kick the crap out of everybody again. Sadly, fours gets absorbed. And one cool thing, though, is we actually get to see. Michi uses very, like, less-used Kiwi Arms armor, which he doesn't use a lot in the main show. So it's kind of cool that they got to use that, and it's actually pretty effective. But, ooh, dun-dun-dun! Ryugen, Michi, gets absorbed. And that's when like things kind of get real pricota.
3: Yeah, yeah, because this you know? this was the
1: point where I
3: I think this was part of my first O oh moment because I was like I was like oh well if Michi just got absorbed I'm like they're gonna undo like everybody's absorption so it's like not you know it's not for really reals like they're not for really reals dead because Michi's coming back for sure like so I was kind of like that that was my first clue about the whole au type stuff and then and then the other thing too is i guess technically like this is the first appearance of kiwi arms i guess technically like i don't think have we seen Ki, we haven't seen kiwi arms on the show before have we
1: I, I think he uses i think he uses kiwi arms for the first time in the series in the first, in the in the two-parter with the Lockheed racer, I yeah, I think so the right, movie. Right, right. So that's why that's why this is between
3: nine and ten because this is technically the first time he uses Kiwi Arms, and then he uses it in that two-parter that we talked about in the other episode. Okay, yeah,
0: yeah, cool. Kiwi, we... lock on. Kiwi Arms, the Gekiryu. Ah.
1: After the battle, after the good guys get their butts kicked again, Takatora appears again. Melon Arms, getsu he has a really bad habit of just, like, appearing and doing stuff. (laughs) However, (laughs) he does. He's that guy. (laughs) However, though, he does play an important part again, because, lo and behold, what's on the ground, one of Forza's astro-switches. So... You know, gotta collect them all. We're, we're 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 definitely kicking on a theme here.
2: Foreshadowing, um, <laughs> foreshadowing.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm foreshadowing like a sledgehammer. I'm just being very open about it. I know. Um, cool uh, shit is on the way. I'm not saying toys, but probably toys. <laughs> <laughs> Back at Tukugawa's castle, Kota finds out that Kaito really has kinda of taken the stance and he's pretty much rallying armies and he's he's gonna you know march and you know burn burn Atlanta. And this this kind of, you know, throws a little bit of a hitch in Coda's thing, because he's like crap, you know, I can't let like, Kaito do this but uh, you know, he's just he's just you know he doesn't want to fight, you know. Maya arrives and meets up with Kaito and she tries to do the like you know the Maya thing where she tries to talk sense to the guy the character is just like, and do you not know me? Uh, strength, this is like a period of strength, was the strongest survive. This is where I, this is my home now. This is, this is my jam,
3: you know? <laughs> well, yeah, it's kind of like, it's kind of like getting that realization where you know that that kind of thing i know they talk about it in sin city with like the character marv and it's like they they kind of say like he's the kind of guy who would have been at home like in the roman gladiatorial ring or you know like he's a man out of his time or something like that and and i think for for what kaito's current philosophy is at the moment you know that's the, 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 he's basically like this place is happening. I'm all about this place, like you know. So he's he's into the way things are are done here. Yeah, you know?
2: I, I like that because again, as, as yeah. someone who who doesn't watch Gaim, that gives such great insight into his character right there. in just that one little exchange where he talks about this is a time of of power, you know, and and it's and you can see you you get so much of of Baron right there. That you're like okay, you're on board with his motivation for what he does in the rest of the film because you understand why this is uh, so appealing to him. You know, it's the you know it, it's the the power, it's the strength versus power argument. You know. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then one thing he says that will be brought up later is like, to to him in a weird way, this is kind of a game, like the this game is like the way to win the game is to achieve the most power. You know, but he's he's not really plus by mind. He's like whatever. I tell you what, why don't you go tell Kota and all his friends, you know, like uh, you know, I'm coming, you know, winter is coming to Tokugawa.
3: He's like, I'm coming. <laughs> tell him hell's coming with me.
1: Henshin. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> banana. Lock on. Come on, banana arm
1: he's riding uh, in, the, in, in one of the standard jeeps of the house family, and Luke has been out of this for a little bit because we've been talking about God, but who should show up through a crack, and I would assume it's a timey-wimey thing where he jumped in right after the picture plant did, but here comes the real wizard, and he is here to save the day, and ma- mainly he's trying to get his buddy back. This is the point where I was like, oh, like, I get it now. <laughs>
2: Yeah, the, the note I have is Haruto is here to kick ass, basically.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, pretty I'm cool. here to kick ass and eat sh- plain sugar donuts, and I'm all out of plain sugar
2: <laughs> donuts. <laughs> plain sugar donuts have not been invented <laughs> in feudal JAPAN. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a little
1: busy. Uh, again, the pitcher plant fails to EBSCON with the Miko of Fate, so damn it, you know, don't get you, Gadget. Kota and Haruto, since he's uh, hanging out with my uh, meetup and the, you know, talk and kind of, we get, we get a nice little moment here where Kota, he's not, he's not being a pussy. He's not like trying to wimp out, but like in that last battle with Forza, you know, he saw Forza get absorbed. He saw his friend Michi get absorbed. And one thing I didn't bring up is during the battle, a couple of uh, Tokugawa's, you know, samurais or whatever you want to call them, they get killed, like straight up killed you know and he runs to one of them and as, as he's dying you know he's like you know he's just all he is is saying just like serve our lord you know make sure he wins and again that, that's kind of heavy you know <laughs> it's like yeah. Yeah, is, yeah he's like he's like 17 18 19 he's not that you know he's not an old guy you know it just kind of gives you like this like wow well i, I can see where he's coming from however luke's He's kind of like, you know, smacking some reality on him. He's like, we're here to protect people. That's what common writers do. That, that is our job, you know? And if you don't do that, you know, what, what good are you doing for anyone, you know?
2: Yeah, and, and this was another scene, again, like the earlier scene with, with Kaito that I really liked because it very ably demonstrated the difference between Haruto and Kota's personalities. I get the feeling that, that Haruto is a, is a bit older than Kota. He's a bit more mature. And whereas Kota still has a bit of the impetuousness of youth, Haruto is a very I don't I don't want to say cold, but he's a very cool individual. He doesn't lose his cool very easily. Whereas it seems that, that Kota when he gets his when he gets hot, as we say down here in South Carolina, you can tell right away. You know, he wears his wears his emotions on his sleeve yeah. and, and doesn't always think things through the way that Haruto does this. Haruto uses his head a lot. I really like that because again it it was it was. It got into the. You know, the, the, the. These are the basic themes of *Common Rider*. Is like you have this great power. What are you going to do with it? And and, and yeah. like Tony said, like it, it's a it's a smackdown of reality. It's like, look, understand that's the situation. Are we going to help people, or, or are we going to go out and get revenge? What? How are you going to use this power that you have?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. It's like it's it's, it's nice to see like the fact that Haruto he's not talking down to Koda at all. But he's like he's basically just saying, you know, it's like the time to be and this plays into Gaim as well because during this arc it's called childhood and Gaim and it's where they're growing up. So it does kinda of feed into the fact that Kota is having to grow up and Haruto like dishing out a little bit of sage advice is is another port where Kota's like, you know, having to learn how life really works. So that is pretty cool. I think at
3: this point they're not entirely sure oh. that, that they're going to be able to save Michi either. So, you know, in, in in Kota's mind, you know, he's dealing with that as well, you know, because he's like, oh, how many more of my friends do I want to sacrifice for what is essentially, you know, Dynasty Warriors? You know? Yeah. <laughs> like he's kind of like, he's not basically, whereas, whereas Kaito's kind of like, oh, no, I want to keep playing the game and, and get to the point where, you know, it's like, you have totally won because you defeated like 73% of your opponents or whatever. You know, is just like, you know, hey, look, I don't, I don't want to sacrifice anybody if I don't have to.
2: Yeah, and then Haruto, again, is, it's the, it's the power of hope. Hope will always be a power that you can draw upon as long as you don't give in to despair and lose hope. We don't know that we can, we can save your friend, but if we, if we have faith in ourselves, that hope will forever be there to give us power. So it's a good combination of of what these guys are about and how they approach the powers that they've been given.
1: This this is the kind of stuff that makes you think that this is definitely, like, not just a little kid show, more of a teen show. It's, like, got definitely some more emotional impact. But as we find out, as we go from this very, you know, kind of cool pointed scene, Bujin Gaim has not been taking a nap during this. He's got his pitcher plant buddy to put all the power of the Bujin Riders into the Yggdrasil tree. That's what I'm just going to call it. It's like the tree of life or whatever. And then he absorbs all their power. The only thing he has left is to get the Miko of Fate. And after that, he will be, you know, in his own words, unstoppable. Then we cut back to the Tokugawa castle. And here comes Baron. He is, you know, here to march and, you know, the Ides of March and all that stuff. And Coda's just like, I don't want to fight you. But, I mean, you know, if I have no choice, I will. He finally makes a choice. And him and Baron fight. And at one point, it's kind of cool, because I forget the exact exchange, but, you know, Baron's like, you know, why are you trying to save every all these people? And he's like, I'm trying to save you. You know, it's like, it's like he actually does care about Kaito. Like, he, he considers him, maybe not a friend, but he's somebody who's in his life, who he, at the very least, respects. And he basically makes a deal before they start fighting. He's like, listen, Kaito, if you win... I will let you just walk on in and you take control of the city. You know, this, this, you, you, you get this jewel for your crown. However, if I win, you have to fight with me against the guy Which, Shaito, being a very honorable person, when Kota does manage to beat him with uh, one of Derek's favorite arms, Pineapple.
0: Lock off! Pine! Lock
2: on! See ya! Yeah, I liked pineapple arms also, uh, I've never seen that one before. That was and I love, and I love pineapple, like as a fruit, so to have it be a cool suit of armor for a common rider is like double good for me.
3: Yeah. I'm like Coda gets
1: all the cool fruit. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we mentioned that one time there because like all the fruit I like coated gets.
2: I get, get stuff with like cantaloupe arms. Yeah, or something, um... something I can't stand. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like cantaloupe arms. <laughs> Come quad arms. Ugh. You get like tomato. It's like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> tomato is a fruit. It's like, oh, seriously? For real? Oh.
3: That's, that's, how, that's how it would come down. It'd be like, tomato <laughs> is a fruit. Is a fruit. be like, <laughs> comes over the head? <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: But with that, with Baron joining Kaito, it's not even five seconds before uh, Bujengain comes in to wreck shop, and he's here to basically take control of everything. He's he's all about getting that amiko of fate. And he uses, I guess, I would guess the Inhumanoid's ability to control plants, and they use the roots of the Yggdrasil tree to more or less destroy the castle. And the tree actually grows from inside of it to the top. During this, Mai gets knocked out. She gets knocked the fuck out. She is out for, like, damn, ten minutes in this. And the whole time, Tokugawa's like, Mai, mai, mai <laughs> my, my, <laughs> my, my.
2: <laughs> so They're saying he sounds like one of the seagulls from Finding Nemo, basically. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs> oh, yeah, pretty much.
1: With this, Dangetsu uh, shows up, and they ma- managed to actually harm the pitcher plant in Heroid enough to where we get Mitsuzani, Michi, out of the plant, and Nito. So now we have our two missing guys who are, like, major characters in Wizard and Gaim Free. It's good to have Beast back. I mean, I missed that crazy SOB. So now that we've got these guys here, we have the six common Riders, and they're ready to team up, and, you know, it is a team-up movie, to take on Bujin Gun. And the nice thing, that Tokugawa actually does serve a purpose, because he gives Common Rider Wizard the Bujin Wizard's Infinity Ring, and Kota is has been carrying around the Flame Ring that he, I forgot to mention that, Tokugawa gave him earlier, he was like, you know, for joining my side, you know, keep this as an important memento, because he actually did consider Bujin Wizard his friend. Which is, like I said, he looks like a douche, but he, he's not that bad of a guy. So He just looks like a douche. He's not actually a
3: douche. Yeah. yeah I wanted to ask this to you, Tony, because this is something that, that I thought about when I was watching it. Like, I know you've been saying, like, Takatora shows up and just does a bunch of stupid shit this whole movie, and it's, like, it's it's interesting because... I, I think based on what, what I've seen of Gaim and what, what I've watched with you to this point, it's like, to me, Takatora is the big bad of Gaim, you know? And in this, it's kind of interesting. It's like it's almost like he's just sort of a clueless buffoon because they didn't know how to write him yet. And then the other thing that I thought was kind of weird is you talk about how both Gaim and Wizard end up saving, you know, Michi and Common Rider Beast, right? And I'm like, you know, spoilers or whatever, but it's like, you know, Michi and Takatora are brothers. And then I'm kind of like thinking like, how does he not know <laughs> that his brother is fucking Grape Arms when he fucking see, he, he transforms right next to the guy. And I'm just like, I don't know. That That's <laughs> all I could think about when I saw that scene. I'm like, what? It's like you know, it's it's like one of those things where we're gonna find out like Takatora wasn't in the suit in this movie, like in a retcon where they're like, that was just Jason Masondale in the suit, <laughs> you know? Like, and I'm just kind of come <laughs> on, man! Like, what what is going on? You know? So, but yeah, it just felt weird to me like they didn't they didn't quite have a handle on Takatora when they wrote this or something. That, that's what it felt like to me. But I was curious what you thought, Tony. Well, and
1: also like later on, there was a. There's an arc with Takator where he, he there's, there's things that happens to him, so I, I will leave that as vague as possible, because we are, we're still doing a show here, folks, on guy, I mean, later on, you know, we gotta have some, you know, some, some cool reveals, you know, but in this, he's kind of played kind of straight, like, like a kind of a good guy, or at the very worst, you know, like a Razor X, you know, or, you know, like the, the guy in the shadows who's like, you know, I will help you this time, speed racer, but next time, I'll really show you how to race. You know, it's just like, what the fuck are you doing, man?
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, 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 and coming in for me as a, as a complete noob on Guyne, he seemed to me kind of like the White Wizard, because for most of Wizard, the White Wizard helps him, but we're suspicious of the White Wizard for most of the times that he shows up because he's so mysterious. And then it turns out, like I yeah, said earlier, the White, White Wizard ends up being the big bad because you're like, oh, okay, I was right to be suspicious of that guy, you know? <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. It's, so it's like, yeah, it's, like I don't know what to make of this guy coming in. It's like, I don't know, is this guy a movie character? Is he going to be important? Is he always this weird? So it's like, it, it, as a as a viewer coming in fresh, it, it kept a mystery about it at least, you know?
1: Well, I can tell you in the, in the guy in the show, it's, it's not a spoiler because it's like the first three or four episodes in. Like when he shows up, when he makes his debut, he like, he, he steals Coda's wallet and then looks at him and, he, and goes, here, have your wallet back. Because he's just like, you disgust me.
2: He's yeah, like, yeah, he he,
1: definitely... he, he, not only, he he beats the shit out
3: of Coda and then basically like Coda basically has the whole Leonardo DiCaprio Aviator putting in the milk scene for like the next episode where he's just like I'm going to stay in my room and I'm going to start counting milk bottles like cuz that's that's how fucked up the beatdown made him basically. So it's like that's why I'm like dude like it, it, it felt weird because it's kind of like okay, he holds off, you know, quote unquote you know, Fujin Gaim, but it's like he doesn't actually really have any decisive, like, kind of moment of, I am, you know, <laughs> Zen Getsu arms or whatever. It's just like he yeah. just, he's kind of there and he kind of, you know, d- he holds people off, but he doesn't actually, like, do anything that. I don't know, that important. So it's kind of like, to me, it felt like, oh, we, we kind of, we need to sell the toy, but we don't know what to do with the toy, you know? Like, that's what it felt like, so.
1: Yeah, we had this snake eyes with, like, you know, the cool visor, but he hasn't really appeared in the show yet. Speaking of toys, remember when I was dropping hits earlier? Well, the hits are about to, yeah, come smack in the face. Best
3: stuff is here.
1: Ding ding, 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 ding,
3: ding, 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 ding. <laughs>
1: A winner is you. Here comes Mai and her, like I said, we can't really reveal too much, but in her blonde wig alter ego, she's kind of phasing in and out of reality. She kind of gives this speech of like how the writers have to assume the power of the Zadzabad, the yeah, the heart of the cards, you know, the <laughs> Bakugan, all that stuff, and basically all the various driver change devices that have been picked up during the movie. Those come into play as. We have Ooze, Forza, Double, and Wizard become Lockseeds. Now, the Wizard one is from Fujin Wizard, so don't worry, Wizard's still here. He's still kicking Butt. He's actually in his Infinity form. So, Kota, Kaito, Michi, and Takatora. Yeah, such a hard name to remember. They assume these forms with our good buddy Kota becoming the Wizard Arms, Kaito assuming the ooze arms, Orza is bestowed upon Takatora, and that, of course, leads double to Michi. And they actually look kind of cool, I'm not going to lie. I, I would buy those toys. <laughs> of course, this gives them their powers, too, so with that, they, they go to town in you know, a big fight, big fight. guy has, like, some underlings for them to beat up, and he focuses on getting the Miko of Fate. This, of course, leads Wizard and... Guy, and proper to go have a final showdown with him. At this point, Wizard gains or uses his, I guess his ultimate form. Is that what it is, Luke?
2: Yeah, and and it's one of those ones where, and we see this a lot in the movie Wars series. Is that the the the, the main rider from the previous series will get a new ultimate form. So, Wizard's ultimate form from the series is the Infinity Dragon form, where it's all four of the dragon forms combined, and he gets the the dragon head, the dragon wings, the dragon claws, and the dragon tail. In the last hmm. Wizard movie, he got the dragon—I forget what they called it, like Burst Mode or something—and he got like a silver version of it. And so now he's in Infinity Dragon Gold. So it's all the Infinity Dragon powers plus he's gold. So yeah, he's he's ready to <laughs> ready to whip some shit, basically.
3: I thought it was kind of funny how yeah. Beast comes up and he's like, hey, Wizard, what's going on? And then he's
2: like, wait a minute,
3: you're a Wizard, you're Wizard, wait, <laughs> what? what's going on? And they can't tell everybody apart, you know? Yeah,
2: that's, again, Beast, you said it, Tony, Beast is a character, and he is great in this. And I, and I love that he just goes hyper, he doesn't get another boost, but he still he still thinks he's the toughest guy on the field of battle, too. Even though he's probably outclassed <laughs> by everyone around him. so <laughs> That's why we all love guys.
1: <laughs> but even despite their amazing powers now, guy, he reveals his, like, super rose-something power. I don't even know what the hell it's called. He basically merges with the Yggdrasil tree, and he has this kind of lower half now. It's really weird, Derek. Did you notice that, like, when he was turning into that, they played the riff from Common Rider... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, that was the, nice. it, it was the I'm in love riff. The <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I was like, what the hell? And I'm like, what? I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, wait,
3: maybe it's because I was in love with the Blood Arms Galobulus looking for him. Yes.
1: when he was had to the flower or whatever, you know, like. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what was up with that. Now, now, now that Ujengime has round of two of power, he straight up, like, sucks Kota and Horoto in, inside of him to, like, I guess, you know, absorb their powers.
2: Tony, if I could just jump in real quick. I do want to say it's funny, you mentioned you had to collect all the Bakugan before. The way that Bujin guy in Blood Orange Arms fights here, spinning around, he looks like a Bakugan top, just spinning around, slapping people around, you know? (laughs) It's like somebody really revved up the little ripcord on him and let him go, you know? (laughs) I just picture two kids on YouTube, oh man, look at him go, he's really spinning around now, look at that! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they gonna win this match, easy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the greatest,
1: greatest Bakugan Beyblade Duel Master ever. <laughs> this
2: is the greatest Bakugan match of all time, guys. I mean, I'm serious, seriously, you guys. Uh, um, if I had a girlfriend, yeah. she would totally love this. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I wish my dad would come home. Um,
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're off. We're derailed now.
1: (laughs) Copyright Rider, Kamen Wizard, folks. Copyright Rider, Kamen Wizard. Thank you, thank you. Um,
2: Um, We'll be
3: here, here on Thursdays. Thank you,
1: thank you. Try the meal. <laughs> Basically, Bujin Gaim actually kind of makes a mistake, though, when he absorbs them, because all the other Bujin Riders have not been fully absorbed yet. They're still in there in kind of spirit mode, I guess. And again, you know, round of three power, they bestow upon them all of the, the two to do all of their powers. So they explode out of the Yggdrasil tree, and with the power of Pele Saka Kick, they... <laughs> Basically kick the crap out of bujin guy uh, the the only thing I didn't like about the the ending I will say this real quick as far as the ending of bujin gun you don't really see him die it just it's just a big explosion, and I mean you assume he's gone he, you don't see him for the rest of the movie, and it's just like that's kind of a let down you know finishing you know of such a badass character you know. <laughs> You're like you're like Batman at the end of Death and the
3: Family. You're like, "Where's the body? I need to see the body."
2: <laughs> that or you're expecting like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, the face melting off kind of thing, you know, from Ghostbusters. <laughs> I like oh, I like the you know, sure. end
3: though it's like once they once they defeat Bujin Gaim, it's basically like the end of the Dune movie where it's like it's raining <laughs> and it never rains here. We are saved, you know. I expected, like, yeah, you know, yeah, the, come, uh, to come out, you know, in the middle of that and be like, The sleeper has awakened!
1: <laughs> yeah, when the, you know, the little tree gets busted up and explodes, apparently it was a cactus, too, because it had a whole lot of water in it,
2: and <laughs>
1: expl- <laughs> well, I'm not. explodes into the atmosphere. We have rain, and um, one of the things that none of us had mentioned, and it actually was brought up a couple of times, one of the big reasons why they are feuding and why all these countries are fighting, all these uh, city states are fighting each other is because they're running out of food. So they're wanting to gain land so they can have more food. And the main reason they don't have any food is because it hasn't rained in forever. So, whoops, we should have probably
2: mentioned that. Well, you know, I, I, I expect the you know the, the highly educated and motivated listeners of the Fanholes Podcast Network to know that one of the main motivating factors of the Japanese warring states period was famine and drought that led to a shortage of food that required these warlords to fight each other i'm just assuming they knew that that's why i I give your listeners what we're basically saying is it's it's
3: your fault listeners (laughs) (laughs) i think i think he's saying the listeners are smarter than than all of us don't so no worries
1: yeah i just like turning the blame around (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh, well, you, man, are, you are a podcaster. That's kind of what we do, isn't it? It's like, what are you, Mattel? <laughs> yeah. Are you
3: Mattel someone? They're picking and jerking things around. Uh, you, oh, Mattel man. charges
2: you $50 okay, for a figure, fun. and then you feel bad for them somehow. I don't know how that works.
1: Yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. man, poor guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to overcharge. Um... <laughs> Oh man! Oh, we got some wrap up though. There's there's still some. There's still a little, still a little bit left. Not much though, because yeah, the, the big fight is done. guy is gone. Uh, you know, peace is restored and rain. Do you have a neat, neat little part with Nito as he finds out that he can feed uh, chimera with hellheim
2: fruits, so he doesn't yes. have to eat phantoms yeah, anymore. So that's kind of cool.
1: <laughs> did you well, like that little thing they did with him?
2: I, I do like that exchange too between beast and wizard between Nito and Haruto. He's like, he's like, really? It's like, yeah, really. <laughs> there's no irony. There's no nothing in his voice. He's just straight up. Yeah, we're going to eat these forever now. So
1: <laughs> this is my new thing. Okay, I hope you're okay with it. I, I oh. fully, I
2: fully <laughs> hope that if Beast ever shows up in another Kamen Rider big crossover Wars movie that he'll be eating the loxseed fruits as <laughs> the entire time. I don't know if it'll happen, but man, I hope so. <laughs>
1: Well, it's good he's a, he's a writer because if you're, regular, if you're a regular human and you eat a lock seed fruit, you turn it into an you know So, <laughs> good thing he is one,
2: though.
1: <laughs> we do have our fond farewells with all the writers. You know, like, I'm, you know, got to go use a fall of power, got to go back to our own realms. However, we do get a nice little guy moment. And again, this is just, after Takatora is kind of not good, kind of not bad, kind of there. He's walking through Helheim and Ryoma Warring or Sengoku, depending on your translation, he hands him the new Juice Warring Driver. That's the next one he gets that gives his melon arms form an upgrade. And he's got his two associates who will find out who they are later. Not two, but a girl associate, and Ryoma. And that's just kind of like, okay, if you didn't know who Takatora was, you're like, oh, he's kind of a good guy. <laughs> Again, very confusing. It's kind of
3: one of those like, Marvel teaser kind of yeah credit endings where it's like hey check this out this is coming your way soon and you know to the average joe they'd be like what what is that who's Hellboy? boy what uh yeah. you know see that made that
2: what that made me <laughs> that what that reminded me of derek was in it's not at the end but it's towards the uh, it's it's in the middle of superhero wars when the Crow Yugas just show up. You know, it's like, okay. hey, you know yeah. these guys are coming. You know, it's it's kind of a standard thing with, with Tawai's feature films based on their T V shows, is they do the little preview of, Hey, these guys are coming in a couple of months, get ready, get excited. You know, it's like you're gonna get to buy all new toys. Yeah. <laughs> 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 But you yeah, know, the hey, th- there's life. there's nothing more noble than to sell toys to both Japanese children and grown up American men who should know better. So <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> you see the guys walking around with like the drive driver and all the shift cars in their belts like, dude, that's cool, but serious. We're we're in re- we're <laughs> yeah. in the real world now, guys. I'm just saying. We're at a funeral, Carl. <laughs> um. <laughs> like show some respect for the love of God. <laughs> it's like
3: shabba <shabba-do-ba-dabba>, <laughs>
2: It's like, save, save that shit for the wake, man. Come on!
3: I just have a few things to say about Carl. Shabba doobada him It's a
2: showtime die! The, 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 the armored rider battle royal breaks out at the funeral. It's like, you like Team Baron better, man! Shut him out! This is why when nerds fight, we just post pictures of cats jumping on each other. That's about the level we exist at, I think.
1: Yeah, That's our bad answer, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but our our game heroes, Koda, Kaito, and Michi, they, they managed to get back to Zawame City. And it's kind of funny because Chib and Dale... They're kind of like cleaning up because they're like, these guys have been gone forever. We're like the new kings of, you know, like, you know, the town, you know. And they come in, they're like, oh, no, you don't. You know, and they're like, ah, wah, wah, wah. Which is cute, you know. It's like, ha, ha, you know, you (laughs) you guys suck. Like I'm out of it for a little while, and Chippendale
3: and get delusions of grandeur. <laughs> like Chippendale, a
1: Jedi Knight? Come on, what's going on? <laughs> so, and that—that that is pretty much where our movie ends.
0: Kamen Rider Senkoku Jidai, Heisei Kamen Rider 小神、地獄を見せてやれ。最大の危機にウィザードの前に立ち上がった天国 and ロイヤル。ウィザード、さあ、。ガイムウィザード。
1: That is is Kamen Rider. Kamen Rider Wizard Gaim, the uh, great Sengoku War. I guess, like, even though we went over a lot of stuff while we were going into it, any kind of in-depth thoughts, I'll go to Luke first since he is our guest. Like, overall interpretations or anything you didn't get to chime in with as I, I rattled and prattled on endlessly.
2: I think you did a good job considering kind of the the loosey-goosey wandering nature of the story that we get here. I, I really enjoyed this. Like I said, I've I've been listening to you guys talk about Gaim, so I'm I'm familiar with it, but I'm not. I haven't watched it, so this was the first time for me. Other than like I said, the the Gaim Tokuga crossover film to really get get my feet wet with the Gaim stuff, and I thought it was pretty neat. Visually, it's very interesting. But the fruit thing was kind of an oddball thing for me when it started, but I love all the motifs based on the samurai and, and feudal Japan and the armored warriors type. I love the look of Gaim with the orange arms where it looks like he's wearing the samurai armor and of course blood or, blood orange arms looks fantastic. And and yeah, and it's really brilliant. Yeah, and but the to me the the hook of this, setting this in the Sengoku the Sengoku period in the warring states period, to me was brilliant. Because you know, it's it's it it'd be like it, it it reminded me almost tangentially of like on, you know, season 3 of Mighty from Power Rangers when they had the one in the Wild West, you know, taking our our heroes and putting them into a Setting that is familiar to us because we're familiar with seeing historical films and TV shows in that period, but keeping them in their superheroic identities. So to me, it was a great mashup. I really liked that. Okay, uh,
0: guys, it's time. Time. Time! Time for way. It's morphin time! Yahoo! Yeah. 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 Okay, brand new power
2: these fancy dudes. Uh, the, the, the character well, work I you. thought was, you know, it, it, the characters are, they're common they're Rider characters, they're, they're, they're broad, but we got, ex, you know, I'm exposed to these characters that I'm new to, and I can understand them very easily, and the interplay between them, like I said, between Harutong and Koda, I loved that because it really showed, okay, both these guys are common Riders, they're both heroes, but we're not all the same. You know, that's that's it's it's something that I've I've seen a lot in, in more in Super Sentai, where it's the idea that, you know, we're we're all part of a team and we all have similar powers and all that. But each one of us brings something different to the table. And it's how we can use, you know, the the Washi, the alignment of the roots, so to speak.
1: When they, me and Derek, of the reasons why I mean him like Guy so much is because of the characters are so strong. They're very enjoyable.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And just one thing I thought that was odd is that Ogre has the power of all the phantoms. OK, the Bujin Gaim gets the power of all the all the Buzhin from the tree and then Wizard and Gaim get the power of all the Bujin again. So it's like we're just going all in, all in, all in constantly throughout the film. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it, yeah it felt really big. It, it, it did have an epic feel to it. I will give it that. It was, it was pretty yeah. cool in that respect.
2: I really dug it. I really dug it. I'm I'm. I'm I'm still watching I'm watching Drive right now, but I'm not watching anything else. I might start watching, you no, know, mixing in some Gaim with the Drive right now. It's been this got me interested enough to to check it out. Cool,
3: that's awesome. I, I I like that. Like I know I know some people have a tough time with the whole fruit thing at first. It sounds like, and then and then too we kind of goof on it. But I I can see why people are like, what? It's about dancing. It's like I don't want to watch Common Rider, not Bring It On, but it's like it's it 's just a minor moment of of you know it, 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 it's it 's part of the world but it 's not it 's not the primary focus so and especially in this i mean it 's like for a movie level event it 's like yeah, they touch on it in the opening, but then it 's like you never really have to deal with that dance off competition ever again, basically, until the very, very end of the film, where it's just calling back to it or whatever. But, I, I mean, this is always fun for me. I mean, I like watching all the Gaim characters. You know, I think the the fact that Baron and, and Gaim basically having their feud and also accentuating their their character traits so well I mean it's easy for like a newcomer like yourself Luke to see their character types right away and and it also reinforces you know what what fans of the series, like, basically already know, you know, and then, and then the other thing that's cool is what you mentioned about setting it in the, the Sengoku warring period, and having it in that weird kind of feudal, you know, semi-Mad Max-ish kind of environment, you know, it, it does really, I mean, especially given common writers are so colorful, and, and, you know, it's like, they probably stand out just in Japan in and of themselves because of, you know, their outfits and how they're dressed and how everything they do is usually very outrageous and outlandish, but it's like you put that kind of character in uh, a, a feudal period or a past period. I mean, it, it's basically like what if you put Common Rider Wizard in the middle of a noir, like, black-and-white detective yarn, you right. know what I mean? And it's just like, wow, he really freaking pops, you know? Like, and it's, it's like that's what it feels like for all these Heisei-era writers that they introduce because they all really, you know, stand out among the crowd. That's why it's like it's basically easy for me to see, like, oh, you know, it, it's funny because coming to it from, like, uh, a toy-collecting, Standpoint. It's like if you go and look at all the Common Rider toys, they all sort of, I don't want to say they blend together, but you're sort of overwhelmed right. because they all are so colorful and, and, you know, outrageous and everything. And you're just like, I don't know who these guys are. And the more of these shows that I watch, especially like this one, it's kind of like now I'm like, oh, yeah, that's Tony's boy, O's. And it's like now, like... Oz's kind of Judge Dredd looking like sort of color palette like now stands out to me because yeah. I'm like oh yeah he's got like the yellow and the blues and the the green kind of leggings mm-hmm. and I'm like oh yeah yeah you know he he basically you know I'm like I'm like he kind of has that that Judge Dredd look to me yeah. you know a bit you know like at least in terms of the color palette yeah. and then you know you see other things with him where he's using like Wolverine kind of claws and you know now now I'm becoming more familiar with with I guess the wider you know, breadth of the the common Rider universe. And it's it's fun. I enjoyed the movie. You know, I thought it was good to to see, you know, I guess, my and Tony's characters, you know, our characters, the Gaim folks and everything. I mean, that obviously, the first time I watched it was what I was most familiar with. But then like yourself, it made me interested enough to be like hey i'm i'm going to go watch some some more wizard and now that i'm like 5 episodes into wizard i'm i'm you know like i said the you know Pei Pei and all this <laughs> other stuff i'm like i'm like okay now i'm exposed and and i feel kind of cool about getting a few of the nuances that were kind of thrown into this film you know some of them were more emotional than others like with kiyomi you know and and the kind of you know back backward hug and all that kind of stuff and you know but but other things were you know of course kind of funny like with shinpei and everything so i i
2: definitely enjoyed it oh yeah i mean that's one of the strengths i think of the common the, the hayside common rider series is that I, I had a friend of mine who was saying he was interested in getting into common rider because he he was a power rangers fan and he liked uh, super sentai that he had watched and he liked ultraman but he had never tried common rider and did i have a recommendation and I said, well, I said, if you really want a recommendation for Common Rider, take a look at the main rider for each series. Just go to Wikipedia or the Common Rider Wiki or whatever. Find one that looks interesting and watch that. I said, they're all, none of them are bad. There are some that I might like more than others. There are some that that's going to be different for everybody. But they're all of such a good quality, and they all are, because they're so focused on their own universe. They build their own story. Tony, you were saying that, you know, the characters in Gaim, even only 10, 11 episodes in, are the main driving force while you're enjoying the show. It's the same with Wizard. I mean, the, the strength of the character in the story early on is what hooked me. You you can't really go wrong if you look at say Blade and I love the look of Common Rider Blade and you say that dude looks cool and you read like okay his forms are about a suit of cards and you know they they, they, it's all card based stuff and that sounds interesting to you hook it up and you'll enjoy it and then that'll be your boy you know so (laughs) there's enough there's enough (laughs) of a depth and breadth. To the to the series that it, it it fits into a lot of people's wheelhouses, you know.
3: Yeah, and I, I think if you can keep up with us and all the different common writers that are in Gaim, it, it, it is actually kind of like this. Breath of fresh air to go into reverse and watch either you know the Showa era or the Heisei era, like the older writers, because usually like kind of what you guys are saying is there's a main rider and maybe there's a rival rider. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. with with Gaim, it's like yeah, there's the main rider, the rival rider, the rival to the rival rider, the rival to the rivals rider rider, <laughs> yeah. and you're just like wow, there's like tons of riders in this man. So if you if you can keep up with us and and, and Gaim, then then you can definitely easily get into any of the other series. About
2: the only one that competes with Gaim, I think, for the number of riders is Ryuki. Because Ryuki has, oh, okay. the, oh, okay. has 13 riders, and yeah, yeah. the the who works with who, who's a good guy, who's a bad guy, it's all kind of up in the air sometimes. It's like there are a few guys that, okay, Scissors is a bad guy the entire way through because he's a psychopath and he's a so and he's a serial killer. Tech, okay, I'm okay with him being a bad guy, but it's like okay, is Guy a good guy? Is is Knight okay? It's like okay, there's all these different guys and they're all they're all have their own agenda, kind of thing. But yeah, this Guy uh, is a bit that, is a bit like Ryuki in that sense. So they, I, I, it's it's good to mix it up. Like you say.
1: yeah, that's what Guy. Guy totally does the same thing. It like it gives you a lot of writers and like there's obviously you know you have Kota, you know he's the good guy. You have there's a guy named. Well, I don't want to spoil anything because we're not that far into it. There, there's a guy who's evil who stays evil. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> but yeah, but there
2: are. <laughs> so you could do it like Drive, where you've got your main guy and then his secondary rider and then an evil rider and then two of them switch and one becomes an evil rider and the other becomes a secondary rider. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets crazy, but it, but it's is, it's is a fun ride, and, that, and that's the thing. It's like a fun ride, and I think that's what I, I I could say about this movie most of all is like the wizard part was really good, but it was definitely a setup, and I could watch the wizard part alone, like you said, Luke. Even though I haven't watched the wizard series, and it had a nice completion, you know, because I, I I got what was going on, you know, I understood like you know this person is important to him. He he really cares about her. He, he wants to make sure that her memory is like you know kept safe. Totally easy to like, you know, jump into. And then with the the guy part, you know, it's just balls to the wall, you know, it's just like here here's everything, you know. Just strap in and just hold on to your butts, you know.
2: It's like, I don't know so if either of cool. you guys have ever been to Universal Studios in Florida, but when, when Terminator 2 3D first opened down there, they sold a shirt. And I think my br- either my brother or my father may actually have bought this shirt. And it just had on the, ba- it just had on the front, on the breast, it just said the, the Terminator 2 3D logo. And on the back, it said, sit down, strap in, and shut up. <laughs> you know, so that, that's kind of what this film is like. It's like, you're here, good, here we go. LAUGHTER <laughs>
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but yeah, I think Luke did a really good job of summing up Common writer in a nutshell. There's so many different types of writers. Like I know Derek himself, he recently discovered Forza, and the reason he likes Forza is because he's space, and Derek Derek loves space, and he was like, this guy's about space shuttles and going into space, and like he had like you know. Rocket punched is a sh- I am totally on board. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. Yeah, I
3: was definitely definitely into that. Yeah, for, yeah for so the, There's the, something the for the everybody too,
2: so. Yeah, I mean, if you want something super yeah, serious, yeah. you know, you can go back, and, and there, there are some really serious ones. And if you want some that are more lighthearted, there's some more lighthearted ones, and then there's ones in the middle. You know, so it the tone yeah. is even even varies from series to series, but it keeps up the quality overall. Yeah, exactly. A real good example of that is actually not in the Heisai era, but the last two of the Showa era, which was Kamen Rider Black and Kamen Rider Black RX. Now, those are are a bit odd because they are more like Kamen Rider and Kamen Rider V3 in that they are direct sequels, but Kamen Rider Black is this grim dark downbeat series about you know the century kings who are going to their prophecy is that they're going to fight for a hundred years and destroy the earth and all of humanity and the dark gorgum cult will rise and all this and then black rx is this you know fun high adventure series with the monster of the week and the inv- alien invaders from outer space and that was this was the one that got adapted into mass rider by saban so it's very colorful and, and takes place during the day most of the time. You know, direct sequels to each other, 108 degrees away from each other in tone.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've actually seen Black Rx. I like that one. I, I, I uh, In my in my cachet of shows I've watched, I've seen Black Rx, and that's about it from Showa. But yeah. I've seen Kiva, I've seen uh, Ooze, Ditto, Gaim, and I, and I got about halfway through Do, Double. So I, I've seen a pretty good bit of the Heisei.
2: Just period. just to just to give the the listeners a, an idea of of where I'm at, and and I think Derek and I touched on this a bit in the in the Superhero War Z episode. The first common writer I watched was Black RX in raw Japanese when I was in college. You know, but, you know, you get you get people, and and again, you know, I love that that we have all these great fan sub outfits that get us these shows within days of them airing in Japan, but. You know, to sound like the old man on the porch. Back in my day, we watched it in raw Japanese three years after it aired, and we liked it. We loved it. So we're living in truly in a golden age of Tokusatsu right now.
1: I, don't don't feel that. Me and Derek, many times on the show, been like, you know, I remember when I used to have to watch the, you know, like. The Japanese transformers on BHS copies and they were dubbed by three preschoolers who didn't know how to speak French, like, <laughs> you yeah,
3: know that that or they were the raw laser discs and I was like grabbing my my Japanese friends to be like, Translate
2: this yeah. and they're like, You don't need to know anything. Yeah. It's a kid's show. Just watch it.
3: Yeah.
2: I'm transformers, reminded of something like that. Yeah, I'm reminded of something that someone said to me a long time ago. It's like guys that watch anime in Japanese and think they can speak Japanese would be akin to a, a guy in Japan watching the complete series of My Little Pony and thinking he could speak English. And I'm like, yeah, that's that, that's shockingly accurate.
3: I'm all, I'm all, come on, at least watch all of the Warner Brothers Looney Tunes cartoons. Come on, <laughs> then then you're talking.
2: And just and just to clarify, this is the old school My Little Pony. This was back in the '90s, before it became hip to like My Little Pony again. So it's like
1: okay,
3: everybody's should,
2: I have seen every episode
3: of the Smurfs. <laughs> I am prepared to speak English with you.
2: <laughs> you put it well. The Smurfs was a French property first. Like, just shut up. Just shut up. Okay. <laughs> I watched the
3: Smurfs. It's like let's talk
1: English. Bonjour. <laughs> oh <know>, man, we've devolved <laughs> into three grumpy old guys sitting around a coffee table playing cards. Back right awesome. when I was a kid, <laughs> awesome. But I guess that pretty much wraps up *Common Rider*. Long ass movie title. *Common Rider* <laughs> alphabet and Goku war. Exactly. And, and as far as I, as far as you could tell, all of us enjoyed it. I think we all highly recommend. If you like *Common Rider*, and even if you don't like *Common Rider*. Check it out. I mean, it's it's an hour and a half. It will it is worth the time. It will not leave you dissatisfied. I mean, it's got action. It's got comedy. It's got hot babes and hot you know hot suspense. So I mean, come on, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, what else
3: yes, do you possibly want? Before we uh, before we sign off, Luke, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you out there on the interwebs?
2: On the interwebs. This newfangled thing, you know. Here they got the internet on computer now. So yes. uh, that's something you know, everybody should look into, not have to do the hard the hard copy surfing anymore. I hear a bunch
1: of tubes, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a ser- it is a series of tubes, and and, and you know I'm, I'm, my my background is in electrical, not plumbing, so it's all kind of odd to me. But anyway, yeah, my main my main home that you can find the Earth Destruction Directive, which is my Daikaiju podcast, and that is available on two TrueFreaks dot com, and you can also hear I'm, I'm one of the hosts, one of the numerous hosts now. On the vault of startling monster horror tales of terror, which is our horror movie and comic podcast, over at also at two true freaks dot com, and I do still have my Hawkman blog, which is being Carter Hall, which you can find at beingcarterhall.blogspot.com, dot blogspot dot com, which is my journey into becoming a Hawkman fan. And I don't have up- update that as much as I really should, but it's still new content does show up there if you're interested in Hawkman. But if you're listening to Toku Thursdays, you probably would enjoy Earth Destruction Directive. So why don't you head on over and, and give us a listen?
1: That is cool. Again, we appreciate you being here and chatting with us about Guy and Wizard because, yeah, we didn't know very much about Wizard at all. If you're listening to FanHoles and you want to know where to get a hold of us... All right, here we go. Deep breath. You can reach us at FanHolesPodcast at gmail.com for any kind of email inquiries. We have a Facebook. We have a Twitter. We have an Instagram. We have a Tumblr. We have our uh, podcast on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. We're everywhere. We're global, baby. (laughs) Chilling like a a pro. If you like Toku uh, Thursdays, we also have a lot of different other shows. We do Transformer Tuesdays. We do Sentai Saturdays. And we also have, of course, the podcast proper, which is Fan Holes, trying to bring you something different and new every time we get together. Anything else I can think of, Derek? Did I leave anything out? You left out Mobile Suit Mondays, but, yeah, we've got all
3: those cool sideshows. And we thank you for listening to us, and we thank Luke for joining us.
2: So thanks. Hey, thank guys, thank you very much for having me on. Like I said, I'm a huge fan of Common of Rider in general, and I love Common Rider Wizard, so I really appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity, first off, to talk to you guys, because it's always fun. This is Tony and I's first time that, that we've recorded together, but Derek and I, we've, we've banged out some tokusatsu podcasts. yeah. Oh, my goodness, we're going to have to hook up <laughs> Revenge of Belly All at some point, I think. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, that and, sounds good.
2: And so, I want, again, want to thank you guys. I, I, Fanholes is one of my favorite networks because you guys really seem on the same brain wavelength as me, talking about, you know, Kamen Rider and Kikaida and Super Sentai and Transformers and comics. It's like, yes, yes to all this. And so, uh, <laughs> but, again, i want, again just thank you guys for <laughs> having me on and, and getting the opportunity to talk Kamen Rider because, uh, you know, I try to talk Kamen Rider with people I run into on the... Street and they just say you know they just call the police or run away and you know it, it, that 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 grates on you after a while you know I'm a human I need love
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> run away <laughs> you need
2: a hug every now right? and <laughs> you know I think our, our, <laughs> us Toku us Toku podcasters we have to stick together because we're brothers you know so <laughs> um,
1: oh. <laughs> If I, if I can't depend on my other beat writers, then how the hell am I going to keep my stage? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> again, thanks again to Luke Jack and Eddie. You already heard all the stuff he's on. I gave you the big show for what we're on. And I think that wraps up Toku Thursdays for this episode. Until then, I'll let everybody give a shout out. This is Tony and Spaaaaa- Oh, that's good enough. <laughs> this is Derek and shabba the ba
2: This is Luke saying, It's lunch time!
0: Peace!
2: To my brother last night and i said i was recording tonight and he goes oh what are you recording about and i said it's Common rider x Common rider gaiman wizard faithful Senkuku battle war he's like that's the real title
3: yeah, you know what's funny is on the on the on the TF Wiki or TF Wiki on the 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 Common Rider Wiki, um, everything's on the TF Wiki. It doesn't matter if it's Transformers or not. Now um, on the on the Common Rider Wiki, it's like this has the honor of having the longest movie title like in the history of Common Rider or whatever. And I'm like, oh okay.